over the past few weeks we're talking about the gifts and the callings of God are irrevocable. And the essence is this, is that when we stand before God, we will account for what he called us to do and for the, how we use the gifts. Today I want to touch on what actually inspires a person to fulfill their destiny. Because most of us here, we do want to fulfill our destiny. But most of us are not going to carry running on. Marathons. And when they think I'm tired, guess what they do? They just quit. But here's what God has done. Today I want us to talk about eternity in our hearts. Which is something God has done. He has put this desire in our hearts. So that when we do what we are not supposed to do, we become restless. I don't know if I'm good like it. How it and tell me how bupelang we yet. And so in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, from verse 9 to 11, it says, What do workers gain from their toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to the end. I like it in the NLT. Listen to what the NLT says. What do people really get for all their hard work? Do you hear how the NLT phrases? It says people work hard. They work very hard. Don't worry. Today is just an introduction. We are going to unpack the issues of eternity that informs our calling and gifting. Somebody said, even if you don't have faith, but you need to embrace eternity now. So when you die, you, nothing surprises you in your eternity. It says, I have thought about this in connection with the various kinds of work God has given people to do i have thought about this if they do so much i'm i'm looking at what they do and i think about what god has given them to do so i ask this question what do they gain from what they are doing it, it has if you umamela in only two answers if people are so busy you know what he's actually asking? Are they doing what they are doing is what they should be doing or not? Because ultimately what they are doing has consequences. So I want to know what is the outcome of their efforts. Are you there? And this is the part that is the emphasis of the verse today. It says, God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. Now, there are so many things that I want to say. But 
because it's an introduction. Let me stick to what I intend saying today. The frustration and discontentment that arises from our toiling is because it has no eternal significance. And our hearts sadly know that. For God has created us for eternal recognition and significance. You know when you do something, how many people have jobs that they don't like? But they are still working there. How many people are in marriages that they are not happy in? Or relationships? You know, most of us here are discontent about where we are. Every one of us knows there is more. But the question is, if there is more, how come you are, you are not getting the more? How come are you not striving for the more? How come you are still in the less when there is more? So our hearts are not content with temporary things. But our minds are delusioned. But our hearts know there's something more. Have you realized that people that are abused in relationships, one moment, because you do not deserve this nonsense. Then the mind says, but, but, the heart says, there's more. The mind says, what about the temporary? What about the now? You, you, you hear what we say? And then Paul then says to Timothy, he says, I have fought a good fight. I've run the race. Now he says, but then he says, this crown is not just for me. It is even for those who would have believed in Christ and stayed the course. Remember, not all of us will stay the course. And I'm not prophesying. I'm saying, unless your heart directs your mind, you won't stay the course. Your mind says, what about now? Your heart says, what about eternity? And those who long for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ live with the surfaced knowledge not hidden in their hearts anymore that the Lord Jesus has rewards for all that pursued their callings and exercised their gifts in and through him. But how many of us know Jesus is coming back? You know that. But you know not all of us are anticipating his coming back. Those that know and are anticipating his coming back, they also know that he has a reward. But his reward is based on his eternal purposes for our lives. And so what they do is they prepare, they live now for the moment of standing in front of him. Now, 
everything ever yet and now is, is, is a preparation to stand before him. Why? Because they know when he comes, he's not empty-handed. He has something for me. But what determines where I get that thing is what I do now. And so they don't let their minds confuse their Agreed introduction. Judgment day, when put into perspective, most people when they think about judgment, banana fellow, hey, on that day, by it a di biba bats, but I valigamu. In Babasikin in Katumel, but on Tengabuso, Ulika Tabal, but I valigamu. They thinking of sinners being judged. You understand? But let me tell you, judgment day, when put into perspective, is not about inducting us for the wrongs we have done, but rather giving recognition to our eternal significance and condemnation for the denial thereof. God has created us to be eternally significant. That is why the Bible says, if we die with Christ, we will reign with him. There are guys the apostles, the twelve apostles of Jesus Christ, they know our portion. The twelve tribes of Israel, these two groups, one group has their name written on the gates of the city, the New Jerusalem. Another one has their names written on the foundation. That is eternal significance. That, th there will be crowns that will be given. That's why I, I keep making this joke and we keep laughing. Don't laugh today. For that day, the eternal significance is dependent on what you will be receiving as your reward for what you've done on earth. Now watch. We are going to be given now, when are you will be coming? And you come. There you go. And then you go around. Hey. You go to Khabarie. Hey, that's Khabarie. Hey, why? Hey, you want to go? You're going to ring peace. And Khabariel says, no verse says anything about rings. That is your crown. <laughs> That's what you have. That's essentially your significance. And most of us live with an unawareness that there is a reward. If you read the revelations, Christ keeps telling about the reward. Those who overcome. I will do this. Those who overcome, I will do this. If you are hurt now, when you don't get anything, when people are recognized, I mean, people get hurt when we recognize the best life group. How much more when you don't get a reward in eternity? How's that? So people will not know on the day of judgment whether they go to the lake of fire or not. Their departure from earth will detail that to them. When we get there, 
the book of Revelation chapter 20 it says then I said he who I saw he who sat on the throne and before him stood the dead great and small it says and the books were opened and then another book was opened which is called the book of life and the dead not the sinners not the Christians the dead, everyone was judged according to what they had done. See, judgment is not about you are a Christian or not a Christian. Judgment is based on Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God eternally prepared before. For our eternal significance. From eternity past, God prepared work for us. As he chose us. As he says, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I appointed you. And on earth, I gave you a task that will give you eternal significance. And so, I'm evaluating you based on what I have created you to do and in the word instructed you to do. So, it's not about sinning or not sinning. It's about what you have done. Whether you sinned or you didn't sin. Other people don't sin. But, the Bible says, all things are permissible but not all things are beneficial. They do things that are essentially a significant. You know how about a? Either way. You understand that type of thing. And so you and I need to remember that our work is the one that is going to be tested by fire. Not us. Therefore, the judgment is not of the individuals per se. It's of what they have done. That is why it says, it is your work that will be tested. When, when you die here, you will know as you die whether you're going to hell or not. That one is not something that God will be like. No, the Bible does not say. It says, and the, those whose names were not found in the book of life, Either they were not judged, either they were thrown into the lake of fire. Did you see the difference? Which means, the book of life, you enter when you are here. How do you enter? Receiving Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So when you, you die as a sinner, Having rejected Christ, and you reject that. When you die, you are not going to God first. At least then you will know you are not in heaven. The Bible says, for a Christian, for a Christian, absence from the body is presence with the Lord. So you see, I want to have to ask God, Hey God, 
Is this heaven? No. Because I'm in his presence. But, when you are a sinner, you won't be in God's presence. Therefore, you will know. You are not in heaven. And already, the torment will start as an indicator that you are somewhere else. Is that okay with you? So our pursuit for temporary things blinds us to the eternal loss we suffer in the process. And the things that you are losing are not as temporary as the ones you are pursuing. Let me ask you a question. If you knew what you are going to lose, would you stand here today and say, Marmurutu wa understand our rebatu? You know you wouldn't say that. But you don't know. You don't know that they are eating away your eternal significance. Paul says both the successes and the failures in the now should not cloud our perspective of eternity, but rather should be judged as passing and therefore not warranting the value we attach on them. And whatever was profit gained to me, I consider it rubbish. Paul, Harry is rubbish. When I consider my eternity with Jesus Christ, the pride of life, he says, I consider them rubbish. I don't think my work is more important than my relationship with God. I don't think my marriage, I don't think my friends, I don't think the sin, I don't think anything that I'm engaged in is more important. Even as it is good, I consider it loss. You understand that guy is captured by something that you and I are still lacking in. This guy is not saying, remember we are talking about a guy who was very educated. So to him, education was not an issue. Money was not an issue. He, this is the guy who says, I know how to have lots of money and I also know how to be poor. But none of these things changes my perspective of God. I am content. Because now my heart is gripped by something more than me. So sometimes, our biggest challenge, Kenan, Kuri, our hearts are gripped by things that are passing. And our hearts are darkened to the future we have. But he says, as we suffer as well, our temporary afflictions cannot be compared to the glory they are preparing for us. Now, other people would rather leave God because they are suffering. They don't realize that suffering contributes to their eternal significance. That is why the Bible speaks of the 144,000. The Bible, when it speaks of them, uh, John says, Kibo Mangbal. We sing that song. Mangbal. He says, Then I saw the souls of those that were killed for the gospel. Those who never defiled themselves. They never took the mark of the beast. 
those that have never sexually immorally so defiled themselves and you see it's significant that this number of people is recorded as the pure before all of us are recorded at least now i know i'm not one of them you understand so there is significance to all that we are the sacrifices the pain that you go through it is not in vain there are other people that cannot be trusted with the pain that when you are suffering because just like job if god was to bet with the devil about those people god will lose because they can't handle what you can handle but because you don't understand that even if i go this through this pain one day when i stand for god god is going to say i'm so proud of you you shamed my enemies they thought because you are sick because you you have no food because you don't have clothes you will deny me but you stood faithful to the end and then god will say well done what a significant child you are So when we know God has called us you and I we must respond in the light of the the revelation we received concerning the call. Jesus says a man had two sons. He said to them go and work in the field. One said to the father, I'm not going there. The other one says I will go. The one who said I will go, guess what? They didn't go. But the one who said I won't go repented and went. And Jesus, listen to what Jesus says. Who did what the father said? And they say, the one who went. What does that tell you? Friends, the outcome of our lives and our eternal significance is not based on the intentions of our hearts to do God's will. It's based on actually doing it. That is why it is said how oh, I was inspired. Inspiration is not make, going to make you eternally significant. Obedience is. So even if you can be inspired all you want, hey, God is doing something in our lives, in our church. My friend, it's only happening if it's happening in your life and you're doing it. There's no point saying, um, you know, I feel like I'm going no there's no feeling like do it and then it will produce a result our we say we have faith faith is not proved by what we confess but what we do our confession without the corresponding act is useless because it doesn't bring the result are we still there don't know again next week we will put the the meat this week we're just making you aware. We must realize, therefore, that we ne- what we need and desire most in our lives is also what we fear more and would like to avoid. That is the will of God for our lives. How many of us want the will of God for our lives? Let me tell you, that's the very thing you are scared of. And if you can deal with that reality, you will walk in his will. You know how many people here? Let me just tell you something as I wrap it up. If you are called by God and you know 
and maybe has called you to, to something bigger, bigger. Few things will happen. One, you will give excuses. I agree with sin. They all give excuses. You will think you are insignificant. You will allow your background to disqualify you. You will allow the sin that is in your life to disqualify you. But let me tell you what's going to happen to you. It has happened to me. We will touch on it when we talk about how do you know what God has called you to do. Any person who's called, there's another side to the coin. There are those who are called to things they love. But there are those of us who are called to things we don't love. Things that we don't desire to do. So, you start running, you start giving excuses. Now, this is what happens. If you were good, pardon, and you used to be Mr. Golden Fingers, everything you touch turned into gold. The more you run away from God, everything starts turning into ashes. You start losing the desire to live. Wherever you are, you don't have peace. The job you do does not give you peace. And even if you do something good, you still feel the void. Hey, that was a good job. It doesn't quench the eternity in your heart. Because eternity says, it is not it. And so you'll find most people here, you are unhappy. God is calling them to ministry. God is calling them to business. I blame the church as well. Because Rona is a church, we have taught you wrong. We have said to you, calling is to be a pastor, an evangelist, or all, all these other things. But calling is significantly contributing in an area of influence where God has placed you. It doesn't matter whether it's at work, at school. Not all of us are called to minister here. Others are called to minister out there. You understand? And if you can significantly make a contribution there based on your gifting, you are fulfilling your calling. Because God is not going to ask you how well you led the church because you are not leading one. If he has not called you to be an evangelist, God has given others gifts of administration. Government can change because of your gifting and your calling. But you come to church and because the church cannot pay you, you feel like hey, you don't have to work at the church. You have to go and change big corporations with the administrative calling and gifting on your life. But since Runa we take your gift ne? and your calling, then, and in the church, we make you insignificant because we want everyone to do things at church and not everyone is able to do things at church. And because people are not able to contribute, they start thinking, I'm useless. Can I correct that today? You are not. You need to discover that we are called to be significant in all spheres of life. And our job is to help you find that part shall we stand up ultimately let me say these two things fear must be rooted out of our lives 
Remember, prayerlessness is the open door. That sin of prayerlessness to all other sins. Fear is a spirit that paralyzes every form of effectiveness and productivity. And it's the only thing that closes up callings and gifts. But friends, if you and I can learn today, if I can fear God, I have nothing else to fear. If I can fear, I have nothing else. For God is the only need you have that will meet all the other needs you have. When God is properly placed in your life, every other need will be met. But if you pursue all these other needs, they won't all be met. That is why if you pursue a good career, you don't have a good marriage somewhere. You don't have good friendships. You don't have No, friends, God wants all our needs to be met. So I just want us to take a moment and pray. Today I've, I've decided to take a very short version of in this introduction. To say to us, because you know you are called, you must start asking yourself, is what I'm doing eternally significant? If you don't know, then it means it's time for you to start praying and start hearing what we're saying to you and start putting that into practice. Because from next week, then we'll reveal. This is what God is saying about how we need to discover what we are called for. And unless you want to pursue your call, may I say to you, all your claims about Jesus Christ will come to naught. They will be vain. 